How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. As always, I'm your host, Reagan Harrell. I'm going to keep this real short and sweet with y'all. We have a great interview. Uh, Josh Blackmore, my lovely co-host, Mr. Blackmore, is back in studio with me and one of the best, not just relief pitchers, one of the best closers in NAIA baseball, Weber International closer, Dawson Young. Uh, folks, like I said, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I have, uh, I, I've injured myself. I injured my back uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. Don't want to go into a whole lot of details with you all. Uh, just know I'm trying to make a speedy recovery. Thankfully, got this interview and another interview er- earlier in the week before I injured my back on Wednesday. Uh, so this episode and early next week's episode, we have two great interviews. But without further ado, here is myself, my lovely co-host, Josh Blackmore, and Weber International University closer, Dawson Young. All right, we welcome on a very special guest to Suncast. It is the closer for Weber International University, Dawson Young. And as I alluded to in the intro, Mr. Josh Blackmore is back on Suncast. Josh, you've been super busy, but the hard work has definitely been paying off with the season. Talk to me a little bit about it, brother. Man, it's such a great start we've gotten out to, 7-0, and um, playing some really good baseball, really complete baseball if you really look at it. Yeah. Know, pitching the ball extremely well. Um, putting together so many great at bats and you know putting up runs, you know giving our pitchers plenty of room, yep. you know to work. And one thing we have, so many players are contributing thus far, and I think that's that's one of those things that um, is so important to a team. Like in a, if you're looking to have like a deep run in regular season, postseason, whatever, um, having a, a deep team, having a lot of people that you can count on, is just something that. You desire, and I think that we really found this group that we have this year is one that is so deep, and everyone can kind of count on each other, and you know have each other's back, and and trust one another to get the job done. Whoever you know, whoever's names in the lineup that day or on the mound. So yeah, I completely agree agree with you, man. It's not only a team playing high quality baseball; it's a team playing high quality baseball in so many different ways. Whether it's been with the gloves, the bats, with contact, have the. Uh, you know, just score just a couple of runs, rely on the pitching staff. And then, again, at the end of the game against Warner, the bats really p- picked it up. And ever since then, the lineup's been amazing. But, you know, the thing that I've found that's really stuck out has been the pitching and the bullpen force has been on top notch. I've talked about it a ton on here, but I want to hear from a big key to that to this success, Mr. Dawson Young. Dawson, How's it going, bro? It's about time you've come on. I, I, let me tell y'all, folks, I think Dawson might be the most nervous individual that we've, we've had on, and I've known him longer than about anybody we've had on. But how's it going, man? It's going good, man. Um, like Josh said, we're off to a hot start. Plan to keep it rolling through the year. And, yes, sir. Absolute, yeah. Absolutely. But, hey, we got to talk about – we're going to talk about this year's squad, but we got to talk about the run that you went on at the end of last season. Look, you were a solid relief pitcher for us. I was really impressed for what, with what you did throughout the regular season. We, need, we needed you in big moments, and you provided. But when it came time to really, really step up, and, you know, baseball players, they make their, their money. They are known for what they do in the postseason. What did you do in the 2022 postseason? How about 18 and a third innings, two earned runs. That's a .98 ERA for those keeping track. 27 strikeouts, only five walks. Dawson, it was an absolutely incredible time seeing you mow down people, get clutch saves for us and everything. 
but there was no doubt you did make some adjustments and you were a better pitcher in the postseason than in the regular season. What adjustments did you make, or was it just a mental thing once postseason play came around? Um, I definitely think it's just a mental thing. Like It's crunch time at that time, so you got to lock in and just really make sure no runs cross the plate. It's kind of all it is. Do you feel like when you get in those kind of high-leverage, high high-pressure situations, you that ups your game some? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, what about what do you think, Josh? I mean, nobody knows him that than yourself. You caught pretty much all, all of his pitches during that postseason. Definitely all, all of them up in Idaho. What was it about him that that's made him elevate his game the last uh, month or so of the season? I think probably one of the biggest things was just like kind of having that conviction that all athletes kind of need to have, like when they're you know playing their desired position or whatever. You know, he just he knew he had an electric fastball, whether plus breaking ball. And you didn't need anything else. You didn't need to finesse. You didn't need to throw it here or there. Like it was just one of those things where he trusted his stuff, and there was no there was no need to play. You know, like we say at Weber, play with your food. Like there's no need to play with your food. Just go right at people. Right. And you know, like he said, at the end of the day, you, in postseason baseball, runs are at a premium. So we have a guy like that coming out of the bullpen who, over almost 20 innings, averaged giving up one run. I mean, that's unbelievable. Like whenever you have a game. You're winning in the last inning, and you have a guy like that. It makes you feel so good about yourself and your team moving forward because you have a guy that's almost a lockdown finisher when it comes to closing out a baseball game. Absolutely. So a question I want to ask uh, both of y'all because I've talked about it a lot on here. Something that really impressed me was how Colin Martin went out to Lewis and realized what he needed to do to you know, take this team from – a World Series team to a team that could really go and do it. And the big part of it was depth and getting pitching depth. What do you all see from that, from the pitchers that are coming in? You know, guys like Mark, Ivan, uh, Blaine, someone who we'll see soon, and Eli when he gets back from that high ankle sprain, uh, Seth as well when he comes back. What do you what do y'all think, uh, Dawson, start with you, about this pitching depth for Weber this year? Um, I think it's going to be a game changer for us. Like, like you said, we didn't have much depth last year, but now we do. And it's going to take us through a lot more games, save different arms. Like, we'll have more pitching. It'll be really nice. Yeah. Now, the way, like, what he said about saving arms, I think that's so important because, you know, we kind of rode, like, those six, maybe seven arms throughout yeah. majority of that season. And I think when you have, now we're talking eight, nine, ten guys that you can really have confidence in on that mound when the game's on the line or there's a crunch moment in the game, It's it just takes the, the stress and – all the pressure off of a certain guy or two guys or three guys. Now you got six or seven guys who can contribute throughout the year. And then now whenever you're always going to have your top three, four arms that you like really, really, really trust. Um, that's in every team. Right. But whenever those guys, they're going to be a lot more fresh. Like for example, a prime example would be Dylan last year. Dylan was one of the best pitchers in the NAI last year, and I genuinely think that he almost ran out of gas towards the no, end because he I was agree. he had thrown so much. He had given his heart out every time he stepped foot on that mound, and we're already seeing glimpses of that this year. He's oh. he's an unbelievable competitor. Rob and from Rob from NAI Ball Pitcher of the Week, in my opinion. I I, I agree. Yeah. I, I you know I I put my two cents into it, but you yeah, know, who cares yeah. about my lousy post? You hey, know? I, there's only one, there's only one thing that really matters, and that's bringing the red banner back. Like we we do that player of the week and all that. Everybody everybody across the nation nation can have that. We bring, and bring I think it back. if you ask you know you ask all the players on our team, um, you ask you know the coaches and you know everyone who supports us, and you watch our team thus far. 
this really looks like a team that can really do it. Like, like I was saying, the, the depth, that, that's just, that's the biggest part because like we have so many players returning, but like we added players. So now we have experience and now we have more players to add to that experience. So now it's just a big collective group. And it's just, that takes you so, so far because the 50 games, you know, plus four to five in a conference, four in a regional, and now to win a World Series, we're talking six or seven victories. Mm-hmm. So now we're pushing 70 games. Like we're, like, that's a lot of baseball for college athletes. We're not used to yeah. – we have 50 on a schedule, and now we're talking about 20 bonus games that, you know, your body has to dig into that tank. On E, you got to dig into that tank and fight, and I think we have enough pieces to, to do it. On that note, you talk about having the longevity and having the strength. Something that I see from the guys returning, uh, mostly uh, that I think of, you know, Louie, Dobie, uh, you, both of y'all really, but for the most part, the entire team, y'all are all bigger, stronger, and faster than last year. Now, a large part of that is what y'all did in the weight room. I think Jason Bird has done a great job with y'all in the weight room. Can y'all talk a little bit about, you know, how y'all have improved physically from the 2022 team? Um, the way I look at it is Jason really cares about us, you know, like, He's he's definitely a younger guy in comparison to Coach um, Coach Tomas. Austin Tomas from last year. Right, it's definitely like um, an experience thing. He's definitely not as experienced as Tomas, so mm-hmm. the, the environment is slightly different. But Jason really cares about us. He takes into account, you know, <clears throat> our fatigue, us being sore, and he really structures our workouts and our workload and the volume, and he really applies it to us and like to to make sure that we get the best out of it. And I think that really benefited us because I think that. Sometimes you can go too hard and something you can go too soft. And I think Jason really helped us find that middle ground so that we could benefit from all the exercises that we were doing, whether it was speed-related, power-related, strength-related, all those things that correlate to being a good athlete on the baseball field. I think he did an excellent job with, you know, kind of balancing it all out and making sure we were moving like athletes instead of bodybuilders or powerlifters. We were really moving like an athlete would, right. different movements like that. And I think that's huge because, you know, there's people – there's a lot of teams out there, they don't have a strength coach like that. Like Jason, I mean, he came from the University of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a strength conditioning coach at Ole Miss football. Like, I mean, you, I don't know what else you could ask for as an as a NAI athlete, right. small college athlete, getting a guy like that who's been around some high-profile athletes. Like, I mean, it, there's nothing more you can ask for. I, I commend Jason. I respect him, and I, I'm so grateful for the impact he's made on our team. And what about you as a pitcher, Dawson, you know, having a strength coach that understands the longevity of, of a season? How huge is that for you? Uh, it's really big, especially with, like, arm care and everything. I struggled a little bit in the postseason that last game with, uh, against Tennessee Wesleyan. Yeah. And, um, like, he's definitely taking care. The other day we, had, we did, like, literally just some arm care, like, mobility stuff shoulder work, like all that. And it, my arm felt perfectly fine last week, felt strong, flexible, like all that good stuff. That's awesome. We yeah. definitely need to keep that going. You know, something else about this Weber coaching staff, I, you know, we've talked about Bird, we've talked about Colin, but the guys that, that they have brought in and like like guys like Hawk and, and – uh, oh, God. Like guys, yeah, guys like uh, Co- Coach Hawk coming in uh, for you as well as Pike, being able to have that – minor league baseball experience from those two well how big are they as far as developing you as a pitcher uh it's huge it's probably one of the best things about being a Weber is having that experience like in your ear when you're throwing bullpens or just even your everyday throwing your arm care all that good stuff um 
like you could throw a pitch in a bullpen and it'd be you'd spike a fastball or something and Hawk would tell you one thing and you throw exactly where you want to. So it's huge. It's uh, really big for pitchers especially. Yeah, well, you know, another thing that's big for pitchers is being able to have a guy behind the plate that's able to call really good games. And Weber's lucky enough to have two of them, Tommy and Josh, both do amazing jobs. You talk a little bit, I mean, especially about you know, this guy sitting right here because we, we got to talk nice about him. He's right here, first time, <laughs> first time on, like 10 episodes. We, we don't, we don't want, want, want to bust him up too bad. But t- talk about uh, Josh and Tommy, just how big they are as far as being able to control and call a good game. Yeah, I mean, Tommy and Josh are both dogs behind the plate. They do really good, both good arms, great pitch calling. And uh, another thing with Hawk and Pike is they have that, like, minor league mi- – or that professional baseball mindset of right. pitching. And, like, they're teaching us, like, read swings, like, when to throw what, where to throw it, like, all kinds of stuff. And it's been helping us a bunch. And it's going to help us a lot this weekend and the rest of the season. You you talk about – we're going to get into this weekend also. You, you, yeah. you talk about uh, – watching the swing and being able to read it. Can you explain a little bit more? Like, what what, what, what do you, like, mean by that? Or, or, or do you want to move on? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's just, like, reading the swing. Like, say you throw a fastball up and they're, like, on time with it. Or if you throw a fastball down the middle, say, and they're on time with it, but they foul it straight back, you want to either, like, break something off or just change, some, change, like, change eye levels, like, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so something that I noticed last year with last year's team, I see it even more with this year's team. Y'all play the game in such a fun way. You could tell it, there's great team chemistry uh, with the coaches and obviously with the players. There's no doubt there's a brotherhood in the dugout in Babson Park. Boys in the bad are buzzing, right? So uh, can y'all both just tell me a little bit about that brotherhood that y'all, y'all have built? Because it is an experienced group at this point. Uh, I would say mostly veterans. Uh, there's a few new guys who have stepped up in big ways, like uh, like AK, Brody, obviously. But And we, we already talked about the pitching staff. But, you know, the veteran leadership and the brotherhood and just how fun it is. Can y'all speak on that? I think, I think a lot of it is just everyone's, like, kind of on the same wavelength, like, you know, we have, like, one guy in particular, like, Dylan, like, he's, like, he's, like, kind of like the mediator of our team in a way. So what I mean by that is, like, we all know that when it's time to work out, it's time to work out. When it's time to practice, it's time to practice. When it's time to play a game, it's time to play a game. And when it's time to have fun and, you know, mess around and have, you know, be kids. We're kids. Right, yeah. We all kind of know when the time for that is, and we know when when it's appropriate to you know, have those different moments. And I think that's really important because that allows us to kind of bring it all together. We're allowed to use that fun and kind of use it all, but we still have the same mindset like as collectively as a group that, okay, we need to work out. We can still have fun while we work out, but we know what we need to accomplish and the kind of intensity and energy we need to bring. But I can still joke around with you and right. then go hit my set or whatever the case is. The same thing on, on the baseball field. I hit my round of BP and I go in the outfield. And me, just me using myself as an example – I, I can every single day of the week I go out there and BP and I can pick someone new to talk to and I can keep keep myself company with a new guy every day having a conversation in the outfield while I'm shagging BP. That's just the kind of the dynamic. Like everyone, like has is like a genuine friendship. Like there's I don't believe there's anyone on this team, like deep down doesn't like one another. I think right. we all like have a collective respect and appreciation for each other because you know we're all here for the same reason. So I think a lot of it is we all like are on have the same mindset. Whenever you have a big group of guys that have the same mindset, it just makes it so much easier to get along. It does. So, absolutely, the chemistry is 
it's definitely getting better throughout the year too as we go on and keep uh, playing and make mistakes, have some success. Like we all bond together through it all, so it's good. Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between last year's team and this year's team. Because last year's team, it was obviously a very talented group, but let's be honest, if there's no Kenny Rodriguez in the Weber lineup, I don't know if we're in an opening round. I definitely don't, don't think we, we make it to Lewiston. I don't think there's one guy on this Weber team, if you take him out of the lineup or the pitching rotation, I know obviously you take a guy like like Dylan out or Angel, that obviously would, would suck and it, and it would uh, make the team worse. But it doesn't feel like there's just one guy on the team that completely cares. That It's such a well-balanced pitching staff lineup and bullpen. Would you say that's one of the biggest differences between last year's team and this year's? 100%. I mean, I think that you just – you know, hit the nail on the head with that. It's like we talk about it all the time. Like Kenny gets brought up a lot. He was such a dynamic player for us. He made such a big impact on Weber International University baseball. Right. Um, and I think we all kind of realize that everyone has a role. Everyone plays their part. Everyone is starting to really grasp what I can bring to this team every night, every day that we play. And whether it's you know a base runner like Taz or a bullpen arm like Dawson or a starter like X and Dylan or you know hitters that you know see split time or everyday players or pinch hit guys like everyone kind of knows like what needs to be done and what they can bring and everyone really starting to embrace it and I think once everyone fully embraces that mm. it's gonna that that's the biggest difference is how many how how many different roles are are molding this this great team that we have absolutely Dawson your thoughts yeah I mean it comes back to the depth thing that we that we put on through this offseason. We got a lot of new guys that can step up even behind, like say if a guy does go down, hopefully not, but if a guy does go down or something, like we have guys that are going to step right in their place and just be just as good as the guy in front of them. And we're all like picking each other up, helping each other out. So yeah. I, I, it, it's stuff that I mean the people listening listening now they've heard me say uh, not I want to say most but some some of these things because it is such a fun group. It's such a deep group, and it, whatever the season brings, I, I know one thing for a fact: it's going to be one of the most fun baseball seasons that. Uh, and I'm just so blessed to be be a part of it. Um, I've said on here before the way you guys took me in day one uh, last year and uh, then in, into this year, I feel like I am a part of the Weber baseball team. I do know one thing for a fact. When y'all get back to Lewiston this year, I'm coming with y'all boys. Like I, I'm, I will be in Lewiston, Idaho with, with Weber. I, that, the schedule will be cleared, I promise. But tell me a little about what, about what I can expect in Lewiston and what were some of y'all's favorite moments up there in the World Series last season? Um. Some of the, the the moments, you know, they're they're gonna last a lifetime because you know that 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 environment with because the city of Lewiston is lives and breathes NAIA baseball, and you know we had sponsors that took us under their wing. We had all the different restaurants knew like all the teams that were there, and we had such good hospitality in the wow. hotel, and um, you know we had like a private gym that we were able to work out at. And the, the the environment in the stands with all the people, diehard baseball fans, yeah. and you know it's just like you have little kids coming up to asking you if they can have your bat or your hat or sign their baseball. That's like, incredible. It like makes you feel like not everyone gets to experience play major league baseball or division one baseball, but this like gives you a glimpse of what that's like, and it shows you how much we're like we're we're genuinely appreciated out there. Like everyone like respects us and appreciates you know what we're doing, and it was such a cool feeling like seeing all the little kids running around. Like I felt. Like, it just felt so wholesome. 
Yeah. I loved every second of it. That's and so I, awesome. I wouldn't, I would never forget those seven days in Lewiston. I yeah. love you, you talking about the little kids because, you know, with, with baseball, it has taken a, a backseat to football and basketball in the U.S. I mean, the NBA and the NFL have grown bigger than the MLB. Now, that's just, a, in my opinion, an unfortunate fact. Uh, so being able to hear that there are kids out there and you know being able to get little kids involved. I mean, I remember my first time going to a Braves game and getting Mike Miner to sign a baseball. Um, you know, I went there and a, a huge uh, Weber fan. Uh, he got uh, signed baseball from from y'all. By the way, uh, he loved it. He, he, I uh, loved that. Yeah, yeah. Co- Coach wanted me to tell you that his son lo- loved to sign baseball. It meant so so much to him. Dawson, uh, what about what about you up in up in Lewiston? Um, like Josh said, it was definitely an experience that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. Um, like we've had a pretty decent crowd at Weber, like other places we've played at, but nothing compared to the like the crowd that we got in Lewiston. It was awesome. That's incredible, man. Yeah. It's going to be so much, so much fun. Uh, I felt like a mini big leaguer out there. I'm going to be. It kind of yeah, like, it, it kind of felt like you were in like. Triple A ball. No, was dude, it? it was it would like I wish like you could have been there and saw everything yeah. like. Man. Like every little thing was just y'all so, better like, get back. Special. Y'all better get back. Oh, don't bro. worry. That that's yeah, it's gone. That, that's that's yes, sir. that's what's going. Hey, man. Yes, will. sir. Hey, what will be done does not need to be said. Uh, got got to finish. I got two more questions questions for y'all. Uh, of course, we've got to talk about the Sun Conference. I want to talk to you about the pitching, but obviously, when everybody hears Sun Conference, they think about these lineups. I mean, all, Weber's, St. Thomas, Kaiser, and then obviously Southeasterns. What, Dawson, what's it like pitch, pitching in, in the Sun Conference? But besides, like a terrible nightmare sometimes. Um, I mean, it's a it's a good like you said, they're great lineups. St. Thomas, Southeastern, uh, all of them. I mean, Kaiser, everybody. They all can swing it a little bit. You just gotta. I mean, you just gotta keep. This is baseball. Anything can happen. So you just gotta go out there and compete. Right. Best you can, really. Is there one guy in the conference you remember pitching to last year that maybe kind of sticks out to you? Mm. I don't know. Probably my boy Tim Bouchard a little bit. I mean, yeah. at Kaiser, I played summer ball with him a couple of years ago. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, just it was just good competition. Absolutely, Josh. What what about you? Obviously, there's a elite pitching here in Weber and the teams we've already mentioned. What's it like against some of these elite arms? And who's an arm you went up against last year that really stood out to you? Um, so you know, facing facing these arms is it's like a lot of people don't really realize like what the Sun Conference and the NAIA, like, kind of has an offer on the mound. Like, a lot of them kind of have their assumptions and draw their conclusions just based on the levels. Like, you know, if you look at Division One, Two, JUCO, D3, NEI, whatever that you want to rank them, it's one of those things where it's like they don't really know. And, like, you, you'll you see almost every weekend you're going to see a guy that's going to be 90-92 with a, with a plus breaking ball and a change-up. And you might see a lefty who's going to be upper 80s with a change-up and a breaking ball. Like, a most people don't expect that. You like normally would expect like 80, 84, 86 with a little spinner. But like there's some elite guys that are coming from Division One schools, from top tier JUCOs that didn't have grades and NAI was the only option. Like those are Division One caliber players, draft caliber players. Like these guys are, are and one, I did not get to face Rob Adams, but like I saw him in JUCO I, when I was at Seminole, he was at Santa Fe. I saw him pitch, saw him throw the no hitter in the, in the state tournament, and I saw him do what he did last year. I didn't get to face him. So I can't really speak on that, but like a guy like that, I mean, he was at University of Virginia and went to one of the best JUCOs in Florida, and he ended up at Southeastern. Like you don't, 
Like a lot of people don't expect guys like that to play in the NAI. Like that's just one example. There's guys throughout the conference that I'm not. I'm not gonna say they don't belong in the NAI, but they do now. Like you know right. what I mean? Like the way that the NAI has developed. Like there's so many good players all over the place that could totally play like higher divisions, but 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 you're in NAI and they're and they're ballers. Yeah, you know? we've talked about uh, the football, softball being able to compete with Division Two. I don't think it's crazy at all to say at this point that at least in the top half, I and mean, if you get, get give the whole and you look at the middle to bottom of the NAI compared to Division Two, you give me the top. 25 to 50 NAI teams over the top 25 to 50 Division Two teams ju- just about in- any day of the week. It's good. I think if if you can line up the top 25 in both, like you have good baseball games night in and night out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, like, it, of I course, you got your outliers like University of Tampa. That's like a main Division One program. Yeah. But like outside of them, maybe like, I feel like I mean I play on Weber, and I feel like we can compete with anyone. Oh yeah, anyone at all. But. But you're spot on with that. I think Division Two and NAI are pretty level these days. You know, we will get to see a top dog matchup. Southeastern will be playing UT this year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so, nice. So, so we'll get to get a get, get a good look at that. I mean, obviously they play the Detroit Tigers, so we get, we get a look look at that too. But I mean, hey, I mean, money, money where your mouth is now. That it is a right in the middle of some conference season, so I highly doubt you know they're going to be throwing out Rob Adams against Tampa. But still, we'll get to see the lineup of uh, against their pitching staff. Yeah. Dawson, I got one, one more question for you. Uh, I just really appreciate you coming on, man. I know the whole podcast and talking thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not your forte. Your forte is throwing disgusting fastballs and closing out games for Weber. But I really do appreciate you coming on, man. My last question for you. Talk about Weber and just how special it is and what Weber International University baseball means to you. Um, I, I mean, I love playing at Weber. I, I was at South Florida State for two years, and then I wanted to get out of, like, I went to Winter Haven High School, so I wanted to get out of Polk County area. So I went up to University of Cumberland's for a year. Just wasn't really my thing. wasn't working out for me. Didn't really enjoy it the way I thought I was. So came back home to Weber. I mean, it's five minutes from my house. And Colin Martin, I love everything about it. So I mean, just love the experience. Yes, sir. Awesome. Hey, the boys in the bat, they're going to be buzzing all year. This man coming out in the ninth inning, rocking a little AC or uh, yeah, ACDC. Yes, sir. We're going to be rocking it again. Really appreciate you coming on. And you, you also can't miss Dawson in the neon green cleats. Oh, yeah, man, neon no. green cleats go crazy. Yeah. That's what I really like about you because it's hard for me to tell who's like pitching it in the bullpen, warming up. I know I see them neon green green cleats. It can only hey, be one you guy. Might, you might see some more guys with those. We got about five of us yeah. that wear them now. But great. So now, so now that whole scenario is thrown out the window. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dawson. Really appreciate you coming on, Josh. Yeah. Great having you back on. As you always know, open mic. Both of y'all, good luck the rest of the season. Let's bring that red banner to Babson Park, baby. Go Warriors. Appreciate it.